Hello, everyone. Okay, I'm here. <laughs> Waiting for the loud cars to pass outside. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Divinity Life Podcast. I pray that you guys are all doing well this evening. Um, I was supposed to be here earlier this afternoon, but uh, I was not able to log on. So now I am here this evening with you guys. So um, yeah, I, I hope you guys are standing strong in the Lord and in the power of his might and that you're all doing well. And uh, I am back for another episode of Night Watch. And I do have a word of the Lord uh, for you this evening. So I just want to go ahead and release this for you. Um, and I'm going to try to uh, log on from my phone as well, just to just to um, make sure I can get to your comments. If anyone leaves any comments or says hello or anything like that, because I, I wasn't able to see anything last time. Um, I am uh, going live from my YouTube channel. So um, it's a little bit different for me. This is my first time going live uh, on this, uh, on the, not on YouTube itself, but with the new uh, platform set up and stuff like that. Like it's arranged like completely different now. So yeah. Um, so yeah, let me uh, see here. Community uh, live. Hope you guys are doing well and that you have you're having a great week so far. Okay, here we are. Okay, so here we are and. Oh, we have reverb. Okay, so let me get off. I forgot that that happens. A little reverb in there, so I'm I'm not going to be on the phone. <laughs> I just shut it down on the phone. So if you um, if you're coming on with me, um, drop a hi, hello in the chat so I can acknowledge you. Uh, once again, I'm going live from YouTube Live uh, tonight, so a little bit different setup here. Um, and I would, but I would love to be able to respond to your, you know, to your comments and things like that and acknowledge you. So if you're, uh, logging on, just, just say hi. And, uh, yeah, I guess I should have, um, also, um, let them know on Facebook. Um, that, that would have been ideal, right? Um, but anyway, I, I'm just going to post it afterwards because I need to get down to the business of the day. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just wanted to come and bring this word to you tonight. Um, it's something that the Lord has been actually, <coughs> excuse me, downloading, <laughs> excuse me, downloading over the past um, several days, maybe like about a week or so, different bits and pieces. And um yeah, so I want to go ahead and share with you what he gave me, and um, uh, we're going to pray and just jump right into the message, okay? So, Father, uh, we just want to thank you tonight for this time that you allow us to come together and to share in your word and your truth and your revelation. Oh, Father God, we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise for each and every soul, Father, that you will draw by your spirit to hear this message, uh, each and every soul that you will draw, Father God, to watch this live stream. I pray, Father God, that you cover them all, cover their eyes, their ears, and the blood of Jesus. Father God, 
God, that you will open their eyes of understanding and their ears to hear clearly what your spirit is saying through this message. I rebuke every spirit of distortion and every spirit, Father, that will come to steal the word, every spirit that will come to hinder or distract them from getting this word in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you and we give you the glory and we commit this this serve or this meeting into your hands. We commit this time into your hands. I commit myself into your hands. Use my mouth. Use me for your glory as your oracle in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So I just want to go ahead and get this out of the way for y'all. I'm going to try not to keep you too long here and go ahead and get this done. So um, the, tonight's message is called the spirit of the ox, the spirit of the ox. Um, I don't know how many of you have noticed, but, you know, um, if you've been um, if you've been struggling in the area of like and, and I'm going to elaborate on this tomorrow, actually, because tomorrow night is is I'll be talking about how to slay in prayer. And this is a big piece of it. Um, it has a lot to do with it, rather. But um, God, this is something else that God is doing um, this year or in this particular season that God is restoring uh, the the strength of his people. He's rest restoring um, the anointing of the ox, the anointing of the ox. And this is what he's been showing me. And this is something that um, he's been having me to speak and to utter in prayer uh, to revive the ox anointing, revive the ox anointing in the midst of his people, in the midst of his um, his prayer warriors, his intercessors. And it's not just prayer warriors and intercessors, as you know that, uh, as you may know, or you should know by now, that is not an, a particular ministry or office or calling. We are all called to pray and intercede. But um, his <coughs> his priest, you know, his leaders, his his preachers, you know, of the word, um, he's restoring the ox anointing to his people. The ox anointing to his people is what I heard him say, um, because he asked me specifically. <laughs> he always asks, like, he'll ask me this random question, and then I have to investigate and figure out what he's talking about. And that's good, because, you know, um, we're supposed to uh, search out and seek out wisdom and knowledge and understanding, as I told you last week. And so um, this is something that God is uh, is doing, is causing us to, you know, to seek for him, to search out out the wisdom and the uh, knowledge that we need in order to, in order to, uh, in order to recover, you know, um, all that the enemy has, has basically stolen from God's people. Um, I heard a word, I heard the spirit of God say to me in the shower, he said that um, last year, he said for many of my people, um, last year was a year of, uh, um, of discovery. Last year was a year of discovery uh, for many of us. Last year was a year of discovery. We our eyes begin to open. We begin to see clear, clearly, or more clear, and we begin to discover things that were going on in the spirit realm, manifesting in the natural realm that we had not uh, seen or known before. So it was a. Uh, 
It was more about discovery for many of us. But he said that this year, 2021, is going to be a year of recovery for many of us, the year of recovery for many of us. Um, David had to discover first what was lost and what had been taken. He discovered first and then um, he was able to recover all. Amen. He went to the Lord and um and God told him to pursue and overtake and you shall surely recover all. And so first, there can be no recovery unless there is discovery. Amen. And so um, uh, what uh, he's saying here is that um, one of the things that we are uh, that that he is he is specifically restoring to those who are willing to put in the work to those who are willing to put their hand to the plow and not look back to those who are willing to take up their cross and follow him to those who are willing uh, to press into this thing. Right. He's saying, I am restoring the spirit of the ox to you. He asked me specifically, he said, where is the spirit of the ox? Where, excuse me, is the spirit of the ox among my people? He said, you know, there should be more oxen. That's what he said. There should be more oxen. And I was like, you know, Lord, what are you talking about? Because when I pray, in, you know, in the spirit, um, and I'm not talking about praying in tongues, I'm talking about praying in the spirit realm. You know, we are, I, I can feel my, when my spirit is plowing. You know, and that's something that's common among many uh, intercessors and prayer warriors. There is a spirit that comes upon us where we begin to plow through things in the spirit. And so he's saying that um, he's saying that he is awakening uh, many of his people. And restoring the spirit of the ox, the anointing of the ox to you. If you've lost this in your prayer life, if you lost the fervency of prayer, if you lost the the uh, the passion, you know, uh, and the strength to work, you know, a mind to work. Even he's restoring that to you in this season. And so, not just prayer warriors, but also those who are uh, ministers of the gospel preachers of the gospel, you know, the priests, the ministers in the house of God, he is restoring this to you. And so this is uh, something that he's definitely highlighting in this season at the start of the year. And I'm very glad about it. Um, so we can uh, all come together and plow in hope. Now I'm going to go ahead and release the word. I know I've said a lot already, but let me go ahead and, and, and release what he gave me. Um, first of all, I'm going to go ahead and, um, 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 define here that what an ox actually is, just in case some people may not know what an ox actually is. Um, uh, an ox, <coughs> excuse me, by definition is a male cow, a male cow, right. Or of the, um, of the, uh, gosh, what is a, um, well, okay. It's a male cow uh, that is of the bovine genus of quadrupeds. What that means, quadrupeds just means four-footed beast or four-footed animal, right? It's the male uh, calf or cow that has been castrated and grown uh, to his full size or nearly his full size even. 
in some cases. Um, and uh, it says that um, they are castrated because it's easier to control them when they're castrated, right? Because a, 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 a bull is, uh, is the same thing. It's, a, it's, it's, it's the same uh, genus of animal um, in terms of, you know, beast of burden or beast, four-footed beast, but it is a, 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 um, a calf that has not been castrated, right? So the same animal not castrated is called a bull. That's why they are, you know, they cannot be controlled, you know, uh, they, they just, they just run right through. Right. And so, um, they're very dangerous. It says that the, these distinctions are well established with us in regard to domestic animals of this genus or this type. Okay. Um, when we speak of wild animals of this type, the ox is sometimes applied to both male and female. Um, and uh, let's see what else it says here. Mm, okay. Yeah. And when you're speaking about a pair of uh, a pair of bulls or calf or cattle, right. Um, they are, it's called a yoke or it's called um yeah, a yoke, yoking in them together or putting them together in uh, in twos um, in order to, you know, in order for them to work. So it's called yoking the oxen. And when there's two, it's called, uh, they're called oxen. When it's two or more, they're called oxen, right? And so um, I just wanted to share that with you. Uh, now in the Hebrew meaning, uh, the word ox in the Hebrew meaning means head. It's the same word. It's called uh, the word is called Aleph, A-L-E-P-H. In some cases or in some translations, it's spelled E-L-E-P-H in the Bible. Um, but it's a Hebrew word and it means head, the head. And it, and it means actually power, authority and strength power, authority, and strength. Now, Jesus is the head of the body, right? The head of the body of Christ. He represents power, authority, and strength, right? And Christ is um, is living in us, the hope of glory, who is also what? Power, authority, and strength, right? So that's, that is what the ox symbolizes. Um, and so uh, also uh, one of the faces of God in the Bible. Um, it talks about uh, in the Re book, in the book of Revelation and also in the book of Ezekiel, when Ezekiel had the vision about the four, the, the, uh, the beast that had four faces, right. Or uh, the uh, yeah, the beast that was surrounding the throne of God had four faces. It says that, um, that uh, one of the faces was a face of an ox or the face of a calf actually, uh, which represents an ox. Right. And so um, um, uh, that is in, uh, revelation, um, chapter four, verse six through seven there. I'll read it for you quickly. Yeah. Revelation four, chapter, uh, verse six through seven, it says before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal and in the midst of the throne and, <laughs> And around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. Same vision that Ezekiel had. The four living creatures, the first living creature was like a, a lion. The second living creature was like a calf, 
right? Um, the third living creature had the face of a man and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. Now, uh, the ox or the calf is one of the manifestations or facets or faces of Christ. He is a manifold. God is a manifold God. He has many faces. <laughs> so one of his uh, faces is the face of the ox or the calf, right? And um, um, it, uh, I noticed here, I was, I was, you know, when I was researching for more inf information on this topic, other than scripture, <coughs> other than scripture, excuse me. Um, I uh, came across a blog post, you know, uh, by a, a very, you know, um, anointed man of God. His name is Ben Lim, and he uh, broke it down a little bit more so I could understand it a little bit better. And he also, um, he also shared how um, these even describe uh, the four gospels of Jesus Christ, um, that the gospel of Matthew, this was a fun fact, interesting fact, the gospel of Matthew is typically related to the lion face or the lion side of God. The gospel of Mark is the ox face of God. The gospel of Luke is the human face of God. Um, and the gospel of John is the eagle face of God, right? So I began to look at the book of Mark and in the very first chapter, first verse, actually, it, it describes kind of the, uh, gives you uh, a picture of what an oxen does there. It says that the beginning, Mark chapter one and verse one, it says the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God. As it is written in the prophets, behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare the way before thee, which shall prepare the way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. So plow through and, and prepare the way and make it, make his pathway straight, right? Um, so I found that quite interesting here and uh, quite useful. And so also um, uh, what the what the spirit of God was saying here is that. Um, uh, God wants uh, God is doing this because it's time to plow the fields. That's what he said. He said it's time to plow the fields. This is the reason <coughs> the main reason why he is re re uh, resurrecting or restoring the spirit of the ox, the anointing of the ox to his people who are who are laboring in the faith, laboring in the, you know, in the, in the word, laboring in prayer, laboring um, over the people because he wants us to uh, be refreshed, to plow the fields um, because the fields are ripe to harvest. They are ripe to harvest. And I know it doesn't look like it right now, you know, and, and actually, you know, um, just because it's 2021, don't think that, things are going to automatically get better. Yes, we read last week in Isaiah where God was saying he's getting ready to restore his people and he is, but it's in the midst of a, of a time of judgment. You have to understand that um, uh, when, I'll just put it this way, God uh, multiplied uh, Jacob in the midst of a famine. 
He reaped, he was able to reap a hundredfold in the midst of a famine. And so uh, when God restores or, or blesses or multiplies us, because we're already blessed, but it's, it's always in the midst of something he has, to, he is removing something from the kingdom of darkness and translating it in back into our hands. Do you understand? So there's going to be ruckus in the kingdom of darkness. There will be battle. There will be war. 2020 was a year of battle and war. 2021 is a greater year of war. I want to tell you, it's not going to get easier. It's not going to get easier. It will get harder. It will get worse before it gets better. That's why we need the anointing of the ox. We need the strength of the ox, the spirit of the ox in this season. Amen. And throughout this year. And so God wants us to know this. And so um, um, we're going to look here at... uh, I'm going to give you a few scriptures here. Not too many, though. Um, God also reminded me that Elisha, Elisha um, was found plowing when he uh, when when Elijah uh, went to anoint Elisha, he found him plowing. Right. So let's look at that quickly. First Kings chapter 19, uh, first Kings chapter 19, verse um, verse uh, 18 and 19. First Kings chapter 19, verse 18 to 19. We'll just start at 18. This is when Elijah had, uh, Elijah, right, had, uh, had slain the prophets of Baal. He, he had, um, he had, uh, gone into this, you know, this state of, uh, uh, kind of, you know, um, sadness, if you will, um, because he was like, you know, all the, where all the, where all the prophets, you know, it seems like I'm the only one that's out here, you know, preaching this, uh, preaching this, this word, you know, I'm the only one out here releasing the word and, you know, where is everybody else, you know, and, and they, you know, they even want to kill me. Right. He said, you know, Where's the rest of the prophets? Um, they've slain all the prophets and I'm the only one left and they're trying to take my life. And then God told him to go and uh, to uh, to uh, Damascus. And he told him to anoint Haziel to be king over Syria. And then he told um, he said that uh, uh, Jehu would be anointed king over Israel and Elisha. Elisha would be anointed as prophet in his, you know, uh, in, in Elijah's stead because he was getting ready to take Elijah. Yeah. And so it came to pass, verse 17 says that uh, him that escaped, uh, well, this was a prophetic word God was giving here to the man of God, Elijah. He said, and it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Haziel, right, uh, shall Jehu slay. So him that escapes the sword of Syria, king of Syria, uh, shall the king of Israel slay. And him that is escapeth from the sword of Jehu, Israel, shall Elisha slay. So prophets are anointed to slay with the sword, to slay with the sword. Now, uh, bringing you into modern day, uh, times, you know, 21st century, we slay with the sword of our mouth. That's something that the spirit of God has been, had been, has been using me mightily to do 
All glory to God been using me mightily to do in prayer every day this year is to slay with the sword, the sword of the word, the sword, the sword of the Lord. Amen. Which is his living word, his word that is quick, that is alive, that is unctioned by the Holy Ghost, that is quickened by the Holy Ghost. Right. Holy men speak as they are moved by the Holy Ghost. We don't just speak out of our own minds, out of our own intellect, out of what we try to conjure up. We speak as we are moved and quickened by the Holy Ghost. Very important. Very, very important. Now, let's look at verse 18. He says, um, yet uh, yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed Unto Baal. Now notice, notice Baal is, you know, is 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 here. So we're just just keep that in your back pocket. We're gonna look at that later. It says, uh, I've left me seven thousand in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which <coughs> which has not kissed him. Every mouth which has not kissed him. So Elijah departed thence and found Elijah, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he with the 12. So Elisha was plowing with the oxen, you know. So that tells you something about Elijah. He was strong, right? It says, and Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. <coughs> So this is a type and shadow also of Jesus. When Jesus went, uh, went um, to, uh, to call, you know, his disciples, he went to those who were plowing. They were working. They were workers. They were working in the marketplace. They were tax collecting. They were fishermen. You know, they were workers, <clears throat> men who he knew would uh, would men who whom he knew had a mind to work and to labor. Amen. I'm going to say that again. Jesus went and called men whom he knew had a mind to work and to labor. Now, here is Elijah. He goes and, and finds Elisha, who was plowing with these 12 yoke of oxen. Elisha was plowing also with them. Now, the oxen were enough. Oxen are very strong animals. They're like one of the strongest animal on earth is the ox. And so we talk about things like the strength of, oh, she has the strength of the ox. He has the strength like an ox. You know, he's strong as an ox, you know, don't worry. He can do it. He can carry it. Right. And so this is, um, this, this goes to show that oxen are very, very strong animals. Elisha didn't need to be plowing with the, with the oxen, but he was plowing with the oxen because he had a mind to work. Okay, keep that in mind. He wasn't just sitting back with his feet propped up, you know, somewhere and watching the out oxen plowing out there on the field. And he's sitting back, you know, <laughs> on the boat, you know what I'm saying? Chewing on chewing on French fries, you know, or whatever. He, he wasn't doing that. He was working with the oxen. Okay. All right. Um, it says Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him, which represents his anointing. Um, I want to say something right here. I want to say something right here that the Lord uh, spoke to me one day last week. I jotted it down somewhere, but I can't remember where I wrote it down. But he said to me that um, many people are going to 
uh, other, you know, men of God and asking them to lay hands on them and to transfer their anointing unto him, unto them. God said that that is error. He said it's error. He said, never expect another man to transfer their anointing unto you. Um, man cannot transfer their anointing unto you because their anointing um, bears their own personal <laughs> life experiences and, uh, and uh, not only life experiences, but their personal experience with God. Right. So your anointing is unique to you. That is something that comes out of your life experiences. Those things that God has allowed you, <coughs> you to excuse me, sorry, that God has allowed you to suffer in life, those things that God has allowed you to uh, to go through in life um, and to and and he brought you out of. These are are the things that shape and mold you uh, and, and shape your anointing. Your anoint the anointing is for work, for labor, for service, for service. So when God anoints you, um, just like it says here, He anointed them to be king. He anoints you for service, for a work to do. It's not just something that's glamorous, you know. Oh, I'm king now. No, now you have to work. You have to serve the people. You have to administer. You know, this is this is what the anointing is actually for, right? Um, but but God said that's error. He said, don't go um, trying to, you know, uh, get hands laid on you. Oh, this man is so powerful. He's so anointed. I'm going to go let him lay hands on me so I can catch his anointing. Mm -mm, it don't work like that. Your anointing comes out of your own personal experience in life, your own personal relationship and experiences with God himself. Amen. So let God visit you himself. Um, and also um, now a lot we see here that Elijah, uh, it, well, further down in scripture, Elisha does ask Elijah, you know, for a double portion of his anointing. You know, and Elijah said, first thing he said was, no, you've asked a hard thing. I can't give you that. I can't give you that. But if you see me when I when I'm taken up, you know, if you can, if you can see if you can. In other words, if if you see or if you are able to perceive where I'm going or what uh, um what is happening or taking place in the spirit realm when I'm taken up, if you can see my spirit, if you can catch my spirit, you see, follow me as I follow Christ. If you can catch my spirit, see, see <laughs> the mantle represents authority. So when you catch the spirit of a of a man. If we catch the spirit, that's why, why the Holy Spirit is so important. We bear the spirit of Christ, which represent, which um, entails the authority of Christ. You see? So the mantle represents the authority that comes from the spirit of the man or the spirit of Christ. Amen. So that's what he caught, right? All right. I'm not going to go too much into that. I'm going to go on uh, back up out of there and we're going to go to um, we're going to go here to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 10, Isaiah chapter 10. OK, Isaiah chapter 10 and verse 22 through 27. 
Isaiah 10, verse 22 through 27 here. I'm going to read this quickly. Okay. Um, <clears throat> God says, for though my people... Uh, shall be for though my people Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, yet a remnant shall return. The consumption decree shall overflow with righteousness. For the Lord God of hosts shall make a consumption, even determined in the midst of all the land. What I say, 23 to 27. OK, therefore, thus saith the Lord God of hosts, O my people that dwelleth in Zion, be not afraid of the Assyrian. Now, we're going to see many Assyrian spirits rise up. We're going to see many things rise up this year. You know that we know it's not it's not the spirit of God. Right. Um, we're going to many are going to face, you know, persecuting uh, times, moments of persecution and things like that. He said, but be not afraid. Be not afraid, fear not. He shall smite thee with a rod. He shall lift up his staff against thee after the manner of Egypt, just like they did in Egypt. For yet a little while and the indignation shall cease and mine anger in their destruction. God is saying, my anger shall also cease because I'm going to destroy them. I'm going to destroy those spirits just like I did in the days of Egypt. You shall see them no more. Verse 26, and the Lord of hosts shall, <coughs> shall stir up a scourge for him according to the slaughter of Midian at the rock of Oreb. Now, I know you probably not, don't know what all this means, but we're getting to the meat here. And as his rod was upon the sea, so shall he lift it up after the manner of Egypt. So he keeps referring to Egypt because the same way that he destroyed the enemies of, of, uh, of Israel in Egypt, he's getting ready. He's, he's doing it here. And and he said, and uh, verse 26 says, the Lord of hosts. So we're talking about the Lord God of war, the Lord who, you know, the Lord uh, of battle, the one who musters the battle. Um, God is a man of war. I told you this before. We got to get away from this Americanized gospel, you know, this Christian Dior, you know, everybody want to be a Christian, but, you know, we think it's that we worship Jesus. That's the baby in the manger. We don't, we don't understand, or we don't um, even teach correctly that God is a man of war, that he has, he, when he comes back, he's not coming as the baby in the manger. He's coming as a lion, as the lion of the tribe of Judah, right? And so these are the times um, that we are moving into here. It says, and the Lord of hosts shall stir up a scourge, right? Okay, verse 27, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off his shoulder, right? Think about the burden, the yoke that the children of Israel were carrying or are up under, were up under um, when they were enslaved in Egypt. Think about that. Think about that. And many of us, we're, we're living in a modern day Egypt right now. We're still under the yoke. We're still under the bondage of captivity and slavery to the demonic system of this world. So think about that. The, the Pharaoh system uh, of this world, the Pharaohs of this day, it says, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off his shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. Right. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Now, 
God said, what? I am restoring the anointing of the ox upon you. The spirit of the ox is coming upon you, right? And this is what is going to break and destroy the yoke because oxen are what? They are strong animals. They represent strength. They represent, what do we say? Power, authority, and strength. Power, authority, and strength. All right, so let's let's um, remember that that it takes an anointing, the anointing of Christ Jesus, to destroy the yoke. Many people are going in and out of churches these days, and their yokes are not being <laughs> being destroyed because the anointing of Christ is not in operation there. The anointing of Christ is being. Um, the anointing of Christ is being suppressed or, you know, the spirit of God is being grieved in that house. You know, uh, they're not they're not allowing him uh, to move freely the way that he wants to move. They're suppressing him with their programs and with their, you know, they want him to move in their in the midst of a 15 minute preaching. You know, <laughs> you know, you want God to move in the house. Well, how is he going to move? Where is he going to move? You're only giving me for 15 minutes, you know, to do this and 10 minutes to do that. And when is, where is he going to move? You want him to move in the, in the 20 minute worship or the 30 minute preaching or, you know, everything is about convenience. Have it your way. This is, you know, you know, get the, let, get the people in and get them out. Don't, you know, don't frustrate them. Don't, you know, don't ruffle no feathers. Don't offend them. No, the gospel, the spirit of truth offends people. The true anointing will offend you in order to save your life. It will break and it, it destroys the yoke of bondage. It's not something that's, that's, uh, uh, tippy. Tip, tip tap, you know, it's it's not something that you just you just tap or or you touch, you know. No, we don't want God to touch. We want God to destroy the yoke. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying here? So so this is what this is what the church of God, the church of the living God, should be manifesting the anointing that destroys the yoke of bondage. That 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 spirit of God that destroys the yoke of bondage. Amen. Um, the Bible says that we are co-laborers with Christ. We're co-laborers with Christ. Many of us, we don't allow Christ to labor, you know, uh, because we're trying to do it by ourselves. We're trying to do it in our own strength. Our pride is in the way. But the Bible says in Romans 8 and 17, let's look at that quickly, that we are co-laborers with Christ. We're co-laborers. Let's look at Romans. Um I say eight and 17. I'm just, I'm just uh, reading from my notes here. This is what I'm reading. So uh, yeah. Okay. Let's look at this because we need to see this Romans chapter eight, verse 17. It says, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, now, when he says suffer with him, he's talking about laboring with him, laboring with him. If so, be that we labor with him, that we may be also glorified together. Uh, where's the rest of that? Mm. Did I say 17? What do I do with that scripture? Talking about the co-laborers. Y'all know where that is, right? 
co-laborers with God. Hold on. One second. Uh, know this. Uh, I know this in here. Give me one second here. First Corinthians uh, three. What did I say? Well, I don't know how I got to Romans 8, 17, but that, that's also significant. But it's 1 Corinthians 3 and 9. I think I just jotted down the wrong scripture. 1 Corinthians 3 and 9. Um, mm-hmm. 3 and 9. Okay, here we go. See, God's saying it's time to grow up. It, it, it truly, truly is. It truly, truly is. Uh, let's, leave, let's read verse three. I'm glad, I'm glad that uh, God did that because he let us hear. He says, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. So, He's saying you're 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 too carnal. That means that you're immature. You're like a babe and it's time to grow up. It's really time to grow up and mature in the things of God. Many of us uh, are stuck, you know, on the sidelines because we don't want to mature. We don't want to grow up in the things of God. So we we're, we're satisfied sitting on the sidelines um, instead of getting into the battle, you know, and that's why God is saying like like, you know, he was saying to us over here last year. He was saying here last year about Gideon's 300, how he tried them, you know, and those who didn't, didn't, you know, um, uh, you know, weren't, weren't fit for war or fit for battle. God sent them back home. Right. Um, so God is saying uh, it's time to mature. It's time to grow up. You, I heard a man of God say it was it was it was it was kind of funny when he said it, but it's it's so serious. It's not a funny thing, you know, because we're praying for God's people. But he said, you know, uh, you have to decide if you want to be on the cruise ship or the battleship. Many of us are, you know, we're cool on the cruise ship, but it's time to get on the battleship. This is a battleship. We're in the midst of a spiritual battle, a spiritual war, you know. And um, it's time to grow up and get in the get in the game, get, you know, get in the battle. So he says for you, verse three, for you are yet carnal. That means that you're trivial. You 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 you're always, you know, uh, concerned and involved and, you know, moving in the things that have that uh, that have to do with the flesh, the carnal desire. You know, you're it says you are yet carnal for where. As there is among you envy, strife, divisions, you know, are you not carnal and walk as men, right? For uh, for while one says, I am a Paul and another says, I am of Apollos. Are you not carnal? Everybody's like, my man of God is, you know, is, is apostle such and such, pastor such and such. I, I'm under this, this man of God, you know, oh, our church is the best and I we got the best man of God. And this, you know, it's carnality. It's really carnality. We should not even be comparing ourselves among ourselves in the first place. That's not 
wise according to the Bible. So why are we even doing that? We're, we're all one in the body of Christ. There is no uh, one man of God that's better than another man of God. There's no one church that's better than another church. It's the church of the living God. And if the living God is not active in that church, then that is not his church. Amen. Point blank, period. And so we got to come away from this Americanized, commercialized gospel. You know, they sold us another Jesus. So it says, uh, um, where am I? What did I say? First Corinthians chapter three. Okay, here we go. Um, verse nine. Mm. Oh, the, um, it, yeah. Uh, verse nine, it says, for we are laborers together with God. I'm squinting because I have my glasses, but um, they're giving me a glare and uh, I don't want to wear them tonight. It says, for we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. Amen. We are laborers together with God, together with God. Right. So I just wanted to point that out. Right. Okay. So the Lord says that, remember that oxen are beasts of burden. They're known as beasts of burden. So they carry a burden. Now, I'm not talking about carrying the cares of this life and, and, and you know, stress and worry about things. Jesus said, you know, not to even, um, not to even worry about those things. He said, <laughs> in fact, to cast all your cares upon him, excuse me. <clears throat> because he cares for you. He says to uh, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest, right? He says, take my yoke upon you, my yoke. Remember the word yoke, Y-O-K-E, representing yoking, yoking two oxen together, okay? He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, um, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So we're not talking about that type of burden. We're talking about the burden of the Lord, the burden of the Lord. Um, oxen carry the burden of the Lord. We carry um, the concerns of the Lord, the issues that are upon his heart concerning his people. If you are laboring in the spirit, you're laboring in prayer, you're laboring in the word, you cannot avoid the burden of the Lord. It's there. He's showing you what's on his heart. You know, many of us are having experiences with him where he's showing us what's on his heart. He's giving us dreams. He's giving us visions. He's get downloading <coughs> revelation. He's tapping us on the shoulder in the morning saying, hey, you know, can you do this for me? Can you say that? Can you go deliver this for me? You know, he, his burden, he has a burden. It's called the burden of the Lord, the burden of the Lord. Uh, he wants his people free. Amen. So um, God is asking us here, you know, um, where is the burden of the Lord in the church? Where is the burden of the Lord, you know, in our individual lives? Do we carry the burden of the Lord? Amen. Um, because that alone will will give you a mind to work if you didn't have one before. It will give you something to do, something to pray about, something, you know, to labor, uh, labor in. <laughs> Amen. 
So uh, that, that's uh, something also to note there. Um, also, another thing he showed me here is that uh, much increase, he says, comes by the strength of the ox. That's Proverbs 14 and 4. Uh, let's look at that quickly. Proverbs 4, 14 and 4. Uh, Proverbs 14 and 4. <clears throat> It says, where no oxen are, the crib is clean. Where no oxen are, the crib is clean. But much increase is by the strength of the ox. Much increase is by the strength of the ox, right? So, um, when, it, when it's talking about a crib, it's talking about... Um, um, well, a crib, um, how would I say, how would I say, how do I put this? Or it's, there's another word that I, that's coming up in my mind. Um, okay, Jesus, think of, think of the manger, you know, that Jesus was born in. He was born in a manger. Um, he was born in a manger, uh, but it's also known as uh, known as a uh, a rough or a crib. Um, what is that scripture? I'm trying to think of the scripture here uh, that says that. Uh, mm, where is it? Uh, something about the master's crib? I'm trying to remember. Let me grab it real quick because it's going to bother me if I can't get it. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, I remember now. Uh, the the uh, okay, yes. master's crib. It was coming to me in in, in pieces, <laughs> so I had to uh, think of it. Okay, yeah, Isaiah one and three. Okay, yes, and this this makes sense because <clears throat> God was also speaking to me about donkeys. <laughs> He was saying in prayer, the Holy Spirit was saying, loose the donk, untie the donkeys, you know, and I know, you know, that's, that sounds kind of funny, but, um, but Isaiah one and three, um, he says the ox knoweth his owner and the ass, his master's crib and ass is a donkey, right? But Israel doeth not know my people do not consider, right? So the ox knows his owner and the ass, the donkey knows his master's crib right um and and uh this is referring to um a manger a manger or what's called a rough r o u g g h a rough right and so uh what this is uh this word rough is is translated actually in the from hebrew in uh to english as manger and uh we know that jesus was born in a manger right um but what it's representing here is um is the messiness the messiness of uh of the harvest now this is the part that you know that i um uh, you know, caught from, uh, from, uh, Ben Lim. And I thought, wow, you know, that's, that's powerful. That's a powerful, uh, way to look at this. Um, he says that achieving your harvest is not, uh, going to be a picture perfect movie set is if you think that it's going to be easy, you're, you know, you're in for failure. He says many times harvest, God says we're plowing in hope, right? We're supposed to plow, 
the fields that are ripe for harvest. So that's this is what he's saying. He says many times harvest looks like fallout. It doesn't look like a pretty wheat in the picture that you see, you know, um, post, you know, on on uh, Google images or whatever, like a, a field. The fields are, are white to harvest and you see these beautiful, you know, wheats uh, growing up out of the fields. No, it says harvest looks oftentimes like fallout, like dissension. Uh, heartache, brokenness, you know, there's a lot of mess that comes with the harvest. Um, having a baby is messy. It can be a very complicated and overwhelming and disastrous ordeal, he says. And in fact, for many people, it is. But th- this word rough, uh, meaning manger, the nativity story of Jesus may have been messy, but it was extremely miraculous. Jesus may not have been born in an ideal place, but his incarnation led to the greatest harvest of souls is what he said. So I thought that was really, really good as well. Um, but what what he's uh, what he is uh, emphasizing here is that mangers are uh, are ready. They're ripe for the miraculous or for, um, for, uh, harvest or to bring forth something right, uh, for the birth. And many, uh, many messes are the rejected and mistreated, uh, see, or, or, you know, people that are rejected and mistreated for the greater glory. Um, so he says, is your harvest hidden in a mess? That's a question we should ask ourselves. Is our harvest hidden in a mess? Or are we afraid to go into the mess uh, to get to reap the harvest that is in the mess? Or we do do we just throw it to the side altogether and walk walk away from it because we, it, we say that's a hot mess. Just leave, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just going to leave it alone. God wants us to plow through there because there is a harvest in there. There is a blessing, a miracle in there for you. Amen. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I thought that was really good. So let me get back to my own, what God gave to me, uh, Proverbs, um, uh, sorry, first Corinthians nine and nine to 11. Um, he's talking about plowing in hope. And it says here, first Corinthians nine, nine to 11. Again, it says, for it is written in the law of Moses, thou shall not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treaded out the corn. Doeth God take care for oxen or is God concerned about oxen? So he's saying, don't muzzle the ox that treads the corn, right? Um, uh, or is he saying it all together for our sake? For our sake, no doubt it is written, talking about as ministers of the Lord, um, that he pl- that he that ploweth should plow in hope and that he that thresheth in hope should be partaker of his hope. Um, he's talking about, you know, we're, uh, he's saying that we're sowing into your life, spiritual things, um, you know, that, you know, is, it's not a great thing. If you should, sh- it is a great thing. Um, well, it, it is not a, uh, troublesome thing. It shouldn't be tr- a troublesome, troublesome thing to you to sow, uh, or to uh, for us to reap your carnal things. In other words, for you to sow into um, um, an anointed minister or ministry, right? And now this is what I have to say about this because this is the word of God. Um, we should 
definitely uh, sow into anointed ministry and ministers who are bringing forth the word. They're plowing in hope. There, it, it takes a lot of uh, prayer, uh, laboring in the word and, and time, you know, spent and sacrifice in order to bring forth a word unto you that will destroy the yoke of bondage in order to, you know, to bring forth uh, a yoke breaking word, right? Um, because the anointing can, can, um, it, 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 the anointing is always on a person, if you know, if God anoints you, you're always you're always anointed because the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. But that anointed can that anointing can be neutralized and it can also subside. So if the person is not being obedient, you know, um, and they are not, you know, uh, operating, uh, no longer operating in their anointing, they're only operating in their gift. Right. We have to understand the difference between an anointing and a gift um, when someone is gifted. Right. Um, well, yeah, it says the gifts and callings are without repentance. So the oil can leave you. Forgive me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The oil can for, can leave you. God can remove the oil. Right. But um, but the gift remains because the gifts and callings are God of God are without repentance. Now, what we have to be able to discern is when someone is operating strictly in a gift or if they're operating in the anointing, are they oper operating out of their own intellect or are they operating under the unction of the spirit of God? Right. Um, the, the if they are operating under an anointing and under the unction of the spirit of God, then they are being led by the spirit of God. And if the spirit of God is leading them and you can feel the spirit of God using them to help you, to teach you, to break yokes of ignorance and, you know, bondage off of your, off of your mind and off of your life, then they are operating in an anointing that is that, that comes from God, right? Now the devil can anoint you too, but we're talking about the anointing that comes from God. If they are operating in that and the spirit of God is there bearing witness, they, the spirit of God can only bear witness to the truth. That means that the spirit of God is saying, yes, I approve. This is my son. This is my daughter. Um, she, she worked, she labored, she put, <laughs> she put in the time, the sacrifice to bring this word unto you. And there will be a witness of the spirit there. That way, you know, you will know <laughs> that the spirit of God is, excuse me, is leading you to be a blessing to their ministry, right? To sow into their ministry. But not out of obligation or out of um, out of uh, this witchcraft that, that we got going on in the church where, you know, people are being pushed, you know, and 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 threatened, you know, if they don't give and and so on and so forth. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's not the spirit of God. That's not the spirit of God. Every man should give out of his own free will and and they should give cheerfully. OK, so I wanted to say that because. When the minister is plowing in hope, then, you know, um, their hope should be rewarded. And if it doesn't come from man, that's all right. God has uh, a reward for him or her. Amen. So that's all I wanted to say there. Now, I wanted to point out something else here uh, to you that. Um, uh, 
there is a, a such uh, term as Wall Street bull marketing. I found this pretty, you know, pretty interesting as well. That there's a term in the um, in Wall Street or the world of trade called bull marketing or or the charging bull. Um, that this is a term that uh, means you know going in. Uh, Head, uh, going in strong or going all in or putting all your, you know, all your money in on a particular, uh, stock, right? Um, it says, um, uh, uh, let's see. The bull market is defined as a time or a period when the market is strong and high. There is a rise in the stock market and in the realm of trading. Prices go up and there is an increase of value. This is when you charge and go hard. Now, I want us to catch the revelation in this. When there, when the, when it says there is a rise or an increase of value or a rise in the stock market, right? Um, when you can feel that the in the spirit realm, when the tide is strong and high. Now you can only catch that if you know, um, if you're familiar, you know, with praying in the spirit, if you're familiar with the spirit realm and with the deep things of God, you know, when the tide is strong and high, there's, it's like you're riding a wave in the spirit. Right. And it says this is the time when we need to go in, uh, when we need to uh, charge and move forward and go hard like a bull. Right. This is when you go all in. He said now. Um, in Wall Street, uh, New York, there is actually a statue of a charging bull um, in the center of Wall Street, uh, which is the capital of the world, you know, world uh, trade uh in stock market, uh, there is a statue of an actual bull there, right? Now, this bull, though, um, <laughs> okay, let me, before I go into that, this is what the Lord is, say, is to, saying to us here. He's saying, um, in order for us to notice this rising tide or this rising, you know, um, wave in the spirit, knowing how, when to ride the wave, we have to have discernment of the times. We have to be able to discern the times. We have to be able to discern what season we're in. We have to be able to discern like this is a, is the perfect time. This is why God is bringing this word. Is he saying that this is the time, this is the season I'm bringing, I have brought you here, um, so that you can ride this, this way, because there's going to be a fallout. There is going to be a fallout, um, in this thing, and 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 many uh, many souls are going to come forth out of this thing, and also the wealth of the wicked is going to fall out of this thing. Um, he's getting ready to knock the bottom out of this thing. I, he says, "I'm knocking the bottom out of it, like 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 somebody knocking, striking a pinata, and everything falls out." There's going to be a lot of fallout. In the in the midst of this mess, that's gonna we're about to see unfold. In you know, with everything that's going on in politics, everything that's going on with the changing of the guards, there's a changing of the guards going on um, in the midst of the government in, here in America. And God is saying um, that there's going to be a lot of fallout. 
there's going to be fallout. And in and for those of us who are operating in the spirit, we can sense it, we can perceive it, we can discern it um, because we we feel the crux of the battle. Right. We know that we're in the crux of the battle, but we're at the top of the wave. We're at the top of the wave. When that thing comes crashing down, there will be a lot of fallout and we're going to see a lot of souls get saved. I'm speaking prophetically now that we're going to see a lot of souls get saved and come to the Lord that we never thought or expected would come to the Lord. There are going to be those that, you know, were hard cases, those that people counted out, those that worship in Satan's temple, satanic priests. I I kept uh, praying for Marilyn Manson last year. The spirit of God was leading me and, and God keeps bringing him back to my remembrance. I didn't want to go and look him up because, you know, I I mean, the images of him are quite disturbing. If you, if you want to know the truth and anybody that knows, you know, about him, then you know that he, he intentionally posts very disturbing images. And so, you know, I didn't want that in my spirit or whatever, but we, like I said, we can't be afraid to look into the darkness. So I know I'm going to have to go check out what's going on with him because I feel his spirit coming up in my heart. I feel his something. I feel a shift going on in his life. There's something happening with that man. And there is something happening in the realm of the satanic church. There's something happening where, where the, this kingdom of darkness is being shaken. God is shaking it. God is shaking it. I'm telling you, you there's only so long that you can uh, that you can suppress the truth. Everything hidden must be revealed. The Bible says there's nothing here that shall not be revealed. At, at the end of the day, the truth that the enemy used to 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 lock them in that bondage in the first place, to enslave them in the first place. God is knocking the bottom out of that thing. And that and and the truth is going to come out. And when they see the truth and see the and see the devil for who he really is, they think they see him now. They think they worship him now. They think that he's something now. He's nothing but a pawn and a and a, a fool and a tool in the hand of God. They're getting ready to see just how small and just how foolish and just how uh, just how powerless he is in comparison to Christ Jesus. They're getting ready to see. They're getting ready to see the true power of God and the truth. Their eyes are going to be open and the truth is going to be revealed. They will make the choice. They will, they will make a choice because Satan doesn't use dumb, stupid people. Okay. These people are smart. They know, you know, uh, they know how to weigh the options. I'll just put it that way. Right. And, and, you know, I'm just going to leave that there, but there should, there's going to be a lot of fallout and the scripture kept coming back to me that, that all nations are going to flow into the house of the Lord. They're going to flow into the house of God. They're going to come flowing into the house of God, running to the, to the people of God who teach the word of God, who preach the, the, the whole truth and nothing but the truth who preach the unadulterated word of God without compromise, right? The word that that is anointed to destroy the yokes of bondage off their life, to destroy and break the curses off of their life, right? To cast the demons out of their life, right? They're going to come when they see that because they see value in that. They see something they can actually that can actually help them. 
They're not coming to this commercialized American uh, cheeseburger, McDonald's, Burger King church. They're not coming to that. They're not coming to your church or your daycare center. They're not coming for that. They're not babies in this thing. They have common sense and they have wisdom. They're not coming to that. But they're coming to seek out those who carry the truth, those who carry the absolute truth. And they shall know the truth. They shall be taught the ways of the Lord and they shall be made free. Amen. So that's 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 what's that's what's about to happen prophetically. We're going to see it this year. We're going to see it. So so we have to be able to discern the times. Now, let's get to this bull, because God wanted me to say something here about the bull. Now, this is going to expose a spirit that's operating in the church right now. The bull. Um, we talked about uh, the statue right in, in uh, on, on, on Wall Street. And uh, what God says here is that this bull represents idolatry uh, or Baal worship, Baal worship. Now, uh, a few weeks ago, God had had me writing down a, a message about um, or, you know, developing a message about um, <clears throat> the golden calf. He took me back to the golden calf that the people, the children of Israel uh, made when Moses went up in the mountain. Right. And um, this is what he said. He said uh, this bull. Which is also a calf. Right. But this is one that has not been castrated. So. So. So in other words, he has not been. um, He is he is he is uncontrollable. Okay. Um, castration, it's kind of like, it's kind of relating uh, a lot to circumcision with me in the spirit. It's, it's ringing along those lines of, 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 uh, cutting off that thing that, uh, that makes you rebellious against God, right? Um, cutting off that, that flesh, uh, the excess of the flesh so that, God can control you. He can ride you. He can, you know, he can actually subdue you and and control you and use you the way he wants to. The Holy Spirit can. You see what I'm saying? And so many of us have to, uh, we need to uh, crucify our flesh in order for God to be able to even ride us or, or, you know, use us to plow. Um, We, many of us, we just have too much flesh in the way. Um, you know, we, we just have too much of us in the way. And that's why people cannot see God. They can't see Christ in us. And so it's time. He says, you have to crucify the flesh because if you don't crucify that, you won't obey me. You want, I will not be able to subdue you. I will not be able to ride you. I will not be able to control you. Right. And so God is saying this bull represents idolatry and Baal worship. No wonder it's in the midst of the stock market. Why? I'm going to tell you why. The goat, that whole system, (coughs) the golden calf system, the system of the golden calf. Right. Um, 
the odds, uh, let me read something here. This guy uh, wrote here, which was very, very good and adds to this. He says the ox was the most precious and prized land animal around. This is why they wanted to build a bull and make a bull in the first place. This is why it came into their minds. Let us make a bull. Let us make a calf. Right. It says the ox was the most precious and prized land animal around because it brought in revenue. It was valuable. So you remember what they did? They they melted all of their gold and silver, all of their precious, uh, valuable things. Right. To make this bull. And so uh, it says uh, uh, it represents revenue and uh, it was valuable. It was so precious that it was also worshipped. And what did they do? They bowed down and worshipped it. When Moses came down, he found them worshipping this golden calf that they had made out of gold. It says the ox became the chief image at that time of idolatry. So before they even did that, um, it was already known in those times as the chief image of idolatry. It was like, like a God that that people worshipped back then. Um, and as the Israelites eventually formed the golden calf in the wilderness, we see where did the it, Israelites get this image from? Was it just some kind of revelation that came into the mind of Aaron? Uh, came into their mind or Aaron's mind, or did they possibly learn this somewhere else? Baal was a false deity that was worshiped in Canaan. Though this same deity took on many forms throughout the civilizations, um, Baal is symbolized in many times in the shape and in the form of an ox. (laughs) Are you seeing the connection here? In order to gain harvest, Fertility, strength, and rain, people would sacrifice their children to Baal, this false deity. They would give up their children and future in order to gain a blessing, a blessing from the heavens. Okay. Um, now these were the Canaanites. However, our God, Yahweh, gave up his child, Jesus Christ, so that we could forever gain an open heaven full of full of blessings right? That's why I say don't be praying for a blessing because we're already blessed. We don't have to earn it. And he said, we don't have to earn it. You know, uh, we just have to receive it and move forward in his grace. Right. Um, so this is very good. Um, but there is a counterfeit (laughs) and that's the word that God gave me counterfeit bail anointing. What he said to me here was the golden calf. He said, never bow down to something that was set up to replace the God in you. Mm. Never bow down to something that was set up or uh, designed to replace the God in you. He said, destroy the counterfeit, destroy the counterfeit. This is a counterfeit God. It is a counterfeit image, right? Now, he says, destroy the counterfeit. Why am I calling it a counterfeit? Because this is where he asked me another question. Other question he asked me here was, whatever happened to the divine unction of the Holy Ghost? Who do we see preaching and ministering under the unction of the Holy Ghost, praying under the unction of the Holy Ghost today? You see how the devil just slipped that out of there. He just 
smooth, you know, pull that look part right on out of there. They don't even recognize that the unction is missing. The anointing to destroy the yoke is missing. Now watch this. He says, whatever happened to the divine, he always asking me questions. I'm so thankful. Whatever happened to the divine unction of the Holy Ghost? Holy men speak as they are moved or inspired by the Holy Ghost, not motivated by human intellect. Stop overthinking. He's saying to pastors, preachers, leaders, teachers, whatever kind of minister you are, stop overthinking and trying to prepare your messages and prepare your prayers. He's saying, stop overthinking it. You're trying in the midst of your preparation, you trying to put a message together, you trying to put a sermon together or whatever, you know, y'all, y'all call it, you know, it's the word of the Lord. He, and if, if it's the word of the Lord, it's not a sermon. It's not a, it's not a motivational speech. It's not just a message. It is the word of the Lord, which, which should be spoken by the spirit of the Lord, quickened and unctioned by the Holy Ghost. You see what you see where we where we are. Now I'm just trying to open our eyes here. Now he says, um, he said they're not they're motivated or inspired by the Holy Ghost. Holy men are uh, moved and inspired by the Holy Ghost, not motivated by human intellect. Stop trying to do everything with your mind and let your spirit, let the spirit of God in you do the work. He said, stop overthinking and trying to prepare your messages, your prayers. Let the responsibility fall on him, on the Holy Ghost. Stop seeking to reveal some sort of private interpretation or deep revelation, right? In order to keep members coming to you. That's what the putting the message together, you know, and, 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 you know, trying to craft or conjure up, um, a message or, an, or, or something that will keep the attention of the people. You don't have to do that. If you just let the Holy ghost flow, if you just let the Holy ghost flow, then he will definitely, he knows how to draw and keep the people. Don't worry about that. God says, don't worry about that. Let the responsibility fall on the Holy Ghost. And he says, you, many of us are trying to seek some kind of, you know, deeper revelation. If God hasn't, if the spirit of God hasn't given you a deep revelation, right, then you can't have a deep revelation. You can only go deeper in the spirit. It is the deep that calls unto the deep. So the spirit of God calls you to that place. He says, come up hither. I'm trying to show you something here. But you can't see something here if you're still down there. That's why your messages are coming from down there and you're trying to go higher, but you cannot go deeper. You know, you and, and, and you are um, you have a problem with people who are deep in the things of God. That's because when we, when he told us to uh, to to. Uh, when he told us and showed us those things, we looked into those things. We, we plowed into those things. You know, we pressed into those things. I heard a man of God say, you can't go higher. People talking about they want to go higher in God. You can't go higher and not go deep. You can't go higher in God and not go deep. They go hand in hand. So, 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 
you know, obviously we're not high like we think we are. You know, we're, we're, we're still down here in the earth with the chickens. We got a chicken anointing. We got to get that. We, we got to get rid of the chicken anointing so we can get the eagle, the actual eagle anointing. Now, notice the eagle is one of the faces of Christ as well. It's one of the faces of God as well. Many of us, we love to talk about soaring like an eagle. We love to talk about, you know, the eagle, the lion, you know what I'm saying, of the tribe of Judah. And, you know, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Let the lion roar, you know, out of his, you know, we love to do that. We love to talk about that. The lion, uh, the eagle, what's the other one? The man, the humanistic, you know, glorifying um, human ability, right? Hum the human ability. We love to, to talk about those things. But who is, is talking about the ox? Who is moving and focusing on the oxen anointing? Because it's the oxen anointing that produces, it produces um, increase. It's the oxen anointing that allows us to be able to, uh, to be able to reap a harvest. You have to work to reap. You don't just blink your eye and everything that was in the field is in your house. You have to go out there and work to reap. You have to plow to reap. I'm sorry. You have to plow to sow and work to reap. It's all work. Let's just put it that way. It's all work. Right. And right now, you know, we may not be able to go, you know, uh, uh, door to door preaching the word and stuff like that. Like a lot of, you know, well, I'll just say a lot of religious people like to do that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that's a whole nother topic, but there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? But we should do all things um, with an understanding and with wisdom. And so um, if the spirit of God is not able to draw the person, then, you know what I'm saying? Then we can't go out there with just our human intellect. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? You're just going to make them mad, piss them off. They're going to slam the door in your face, or they're going to politely shoo you away. You know what I'm saying? So we don't want that. But, but since we, but we do have a harvest because, um, you know, everybody's on the internet, everybody's on, you know, on live stream, everybody's on trying to see, you know, um, who's, you know, who's speaking, where's the word of the Lord? Who's speaking? What are they saying over, over here and over there? Everybody is looking, uh, for something, on the internet, there is a harvest online. If you can't get the harvest out there, then get online and 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 you know and reach them online. Reach them online. Um, don't just sit behind your four walls on a Zoom call. You know what I'm saying? And just you know me and my four and no more, or me and my little church. You know, oh we over here and stuff like that on a private Zoom call preaching the word. No, broadcast the service. Put it out there so people can can eat from it and people can uh, can come to the Lord. You know what I'm saying? So people can can even know about it. You know, there's a harvest out here on in 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 uh, www.land <laughs> internet land. Um, so, so yeah, but he says, he says, um, uh, stop seeking to reveal, you know, your, some sort of, some kind of private interpretation. There is no private interpretation in this thing. God has revealed all things for us to be able to, uh, interpret the Holy Spirit is able to interpret and able to uh, give you the understanding or give you the interpretation of it. 
There's no private interpretation, the Bible says. And so, you know, we're trying to, in other words, trying to create something that's unique to us and create a message that only we know about this right here. You know what I'm saying? Or only we are saying it this way or doing it that way. And so, you know, now, you know, what that is, is that's witchcraft. You're trying to control, you're doing this to control and manipulate people to keep coming only to you. You know what I'm saying? But the gospel is not about, it's not a one man show. Jesus is the one man show. He is, this is the body of Christ. And, and it's not about one man or one person. It is a five-fold ministry. It is a five-fold ministry. And God has people every, everywhere. Don't you see what he just said to Elijah? He said, I have 7,000 that have not bowed the knee to bell. In that day, it was 7,000. In this day, in our day, 21st century, I'm pretty sure it's more. It's a lot more than that. I know, you know, it's a lot more than that because I see people that God is giving, giving the same prophetic word too. And sometimes I even get nervous because I'm like, okay, God, you're giving me this now. Um, if I don't preach this right away, you know, somebody else is going to preach it. If I say, if I say, okay, I'll, I'll release it tomorrow. <laughs> I get, or, or wait, you know, about it. God is not doing, he's not doing that no more. He like, Oh, okay. never mind. I'll, I'll, I, he's going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make him say it. Or I'm going to get her to say it. You know, somebody is going to say it. Somebody is going to do it. So if you don't want to do it, he'll find someone who will. So I'm nervous to tell God, no, I don't feel like doing this right now. I can't do this right now. I'm nervous to do that. I, I, I will never do that again. You know what I'm saying? And it's not that, you know, I don't want God to use my brother or use my sister. Um, I feel that um, I feel like Apostle Paul when he said, you know, it don't even matter just as long as the word of God is glorified, just as long as the message of truth is getting out, just as long as the gospel of, of Christ Jesus is being preached. You know, um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you copy my message, if you if you, you know, repeat my message or say something that you heard me say or or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I, it doesn't matter. We're we're family. We're family. This is a body of believers. This is the body of Christ. And we're all the sons and daughters of God. Amen. In this thing. So, you know, don't, don't, don't get caught up in that game, you know, and, and, and let the enemy stop you from saying something or uh, releasing something that God put in your heart, just because you saw him give it to someone else or, you know, well, the other, you know, <laughs> I just heard so-and-so, um, preach about this or whatever. No, but God didn't give them exactly what he gave to you because you have your own unique personality. You have your own unique expression. So, you know, God can say and release things out of you and he wants to release things out of you that are unique to you, he, that are unique to you. And he has a people that can hear your voice and they want to hear from you. They prefer to hear from you because they can relate to you. You know, maybe you have the same experiences in life, the same circumstances in life. This is why they were, you know, they are able to relate to you. Amen. So don't forfeit your assignment. Um, and uh, so he said, yeah, don't do that. And then he said, uh, let the, <coughs> let the Holy ghost do the work, let him work through you. Uh, second Peter chapter one, this is my last scripture. Second Peter chapter one. Like, I'll tell you something interesting. I was, um, uh, 
all week, God had me reading the book of first, first and second Peter. Um, he just said, read first and second Peter. And I'm like, okay. So I started reading first and second Peter. And then I, um, I turned on uh, YouTube, you know, <laughs> later that day. And I see, you know, one of the uh, people that I'm subscribed to um, doing a breakdown. Well, not a breakdown. It wasn't a teaching, but um, on this channel, um, it's called, um, I think it's called John 316 or something like that. And they just do like Bible readings. And then they, you know, um, also like expound on certain uh, certain things to give you more understanding about the history of things. And that's why I love the channel because I love history. And so um, the, he was just like one video after the next, you know, during the same week and the, you know, the same exact same time that God told me to go to read first Peter and second Peter, this man is on here, you know, reading first and second Peter online, just first and second Peter. <laughs> Just first and second Peter, you know, so you know what I'm saying? So thank God for that. This is what we're, this is what is called confirmation. It's called confirmation. And we thank God for that. And so second Peter uh, chapter one, what did I say? First Peter or second Peter? I meant second Peter. Second Peter chapter one, uh, verse 20 and 21. Okay. Yeah. It says, um, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. No prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. God is not hiding anything from us. It's, it, 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 if you are willing to dig in there and, and, uh, and search it out, right. You know, God will conceal a, a matter in order for us to search it out. But he does not hide anything for, from us. You know, he wants us to know these things, but he, he wants us to be in the habit of learning, getting in there, searching it out and learning it for ourselves. Just like, you know, you can somebody ask you a question and, you know, um, instead of you get just giving them the answer, you know what I'm saying? You you may prefer for them to go and, uh, you know, go and. uh read it here, or let me recommend this book to you, or let me recommend this YouTube video, you know, to gain a better understanding for yourself. Right. And so, um, yeah, so he says no, no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, not by the will of man, not by the will of man. I can't stress that enough. Not by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is a life-giving, quickening spirit. The word of God is quick, alive, and powerful sharper than any two-edged sword. When the spirit of God is moving you or prompting you or unctioning you, right? Then, then this is what he's talking about. You are being moved by the Holy Ghost. It is the Lord who works in us to will and to do his good pleasure, not our good pleasure. Not our good pleasure. Okay. Um, verse, my last, I'm gonna give you one more, one last scripture here. Verse, uh, first John chapter two and verse 20. First John chapter two. 
verse 20. It says, but you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, that no lie is of the truth. So he's saying you have an unction from the Holy One, an unction, an unction. What is an unction? What is an unction? Let's look at this. What is an unction? An unction is like a prompting. Okay. Unction here. It says the action of anointing someone with oil or ointment as a religious rite or as a, which is a religious, you know, ritual or as a symbol of investiture as a monarch treatment with a medicinal oil or ointment. So an unction represents the anointing. Okay. Um, and then, uh, okay. So it's an, un it's, it's an anointing that moves you. Mm -hmm. The act of anointing as a rite of consecration or healing, something used for anointing or ointment, religious or spiritual fervor, religious or spiritual fervor, or the expression of such fervor. That, so what we call an unction in church or a holy unction is when you are uh it's it's like a prompting that is 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 fervent it's some it's like something is pushing you it's something it's some uh, the spirit of god is doing it he's pushing words out of your mouth he's pushing you he's pushing you to plow that way in prayer you're being unctioned your speech is being unctioned uh exaggerated um, uh, your language is being controlled, right? So this is what we're talking about, but your language is being controlled by the spirit of God. Let him take over, let him take over your mouth. Let him do the speaking, let him do the ministering, let him do it all. But we have to get away from, uh, trying to do this thing, you know, uh, out of the human mind and the human intellect. It's just not going to work. It's not going to work. And so that's what God says. He said, um, he said, ask them who will restore my kingdom. I'm looking for those who will restore my kingdom. Um, he says, remember the kings um, of the kings of old who pleased me by destroying the idols and restoring the temple of Jerusalem. So this golden calf has to come down. He's saying, destroy the idols and um, and restore the temple, restore the temple. Now, 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 definitely not the the physical temple in Jerusalem he's talking about to us. He's talking about the temple um, of new Jerusalem that he speaks about in Revelations 20, Revelation 21. Um, restore the temple. And he is restoring. He said that there should be a new Jerusalem. Um, but he, he's focusing here on restoring his kingdom. See, New Jerusalem is his kingdom. He says the his kings, the true kings um, and priests who pleased the Lord, they, they did so by destroying the idols that were in the house of God. And they took back by force all their enemies, uh, all that their enemies stole. So God is saying, I need you to... Uh, I need you to uh, begin to operate 
in uh, a holy indignation. There's a holy indignation that is about to come upon his people. And, 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 and it's, it, it is a spirit of spiritual violence where we will go in and take by force the things that the enemies has stolen out of the house of God. The, the spirit of religion has stolen these things. The spirit of uh, antichrist has stolen these things out of the house of God, out of the body of Christ. God's saying, no, the, the spirit of the ox must come back. He says the true anointing that destroys yokes must come back. He said, he says that, um, these things must be restored to the body of Christ. They must be restored to the body of Christ. The holy unction, uh, the, the holy, the power of the Holy ghost must come back to the church. The power of the Holy ghost must come back to the church. You know, we're not motivational speakers. We are holy men and women who speak as we are moved by the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so um, that's all I, I really have for you tonight. I just wanted to uh, share that with you because it's very crucial. And I know that many of you probably uh, can sense and perceive that this is happening in the spirit realm right now. If your prayer life has um is lacking fervor. If your prayer life is is dull, you know, or you haven't been able to pray, you haven't been able to fast and seek the, you know, seek the presence of God or, or even remain in the presence of God like you used to, or like you desire to. God says, I am restoring that. He's saying, press into me. He's saying, just give me your, just give me your little bit. Just take your first step and I'll take two. Go ahead and take your first step. And I will take two. I will meet you right where you are. I need you to step out in faith. I need you to get up and press into prayer. I need you to get up and press into fasting, press into my word. I, I fall asleep in, with my face in this Bible, <laughs> you know, and then I wake up and I go back right back to reading, reading the Bible, reading the scripture. If you read the Bible once before this year, you know, read it two times, read it three times, you know, but read, search the scriptures um, and understand that they are they which are written of Christ Jesus. It's not about man's intellect. This is, this is, this is not what this is about. It's not about you, you coming up with a good message or a good word. It's about being unction and, and, and used by the Holy ghost to plow through the bondages that are in the lives of people, the bondages that are in the lives of men in the spirit realm, plowing through those demons, plowing through those spirits, plowing through that stuff. You know, it, 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 it must be done because it's not the people. Let, let me just say this. People are being used by spirits. You see, the, you're not ministering to the people just for the sake of the people, or it's not, it's, you're not praying for the people just for the sake of the people. It's not just the people that are causing, you know, that are doing things in the earth or causing, you know, it, there are demonic spirits that are using people that are occupying real estate and territory inside of people that are moving people to do the things that they do. You see, see the spirit of antichrist cannot work alone. It needs a body. The spirit of religion cannot work alone. It needs a body. So it finds someone that it can work through the spirit of, 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 um, uh, pride. That's so great in this country. 
it works through people. We see people all the time who are full of pride, puffed up, vain in their imaginations. God says, I am destroying. I am destroying the wisdom of man in this in this year. I'm destroying the wisdom of man. I'm about to make I'm about to frustrate the tokens of the liars. I'm about to make the diviners mad. I am destroying the wisdom of men. And the only type of wisdom that he will exalt in this in this uh, time and in this season and in this year is the wisdom of the just. He says, seek wisdom, knowledge and understanding from me, saith the Lord. And I will give you a mouth, a word and a wisdom that the enemy cannot refute. They must bow to it. They must bow to it. He says, I'm changing, I'm changing your speech. I'm changing your language. I'm changing your language in your prayer time, in the spirit realm. I am changing your speech. I'm changing your language. I'm giving you the spirit of the ox to plow. I'm giving you the spirit of the ox to plow. Glory to God almighty. There is much increase. There is much increase by the strength of the ox. Hallelujah. Where no oxen are, the crib is clean. There's nothing there. There's no anointing there that can destroy anything. It cannot be, it cannot be empty. He says, he said, he says, I'm restoring this. We're co-laborers with Christ and we all have to, we all have to labor with him. See, Jesus is, is making intercession with for us in the heavens, right? But we, he gave us authority for a reason. He didn't say, oh, well, we're seated together in Christ Jesus in heavenly places, you know, far above all things for no reason. He gave us authority for a reason so we could speak and we can release uh, words and, into the atmosphere, into the spirit realm that labor with his word that labor with his to bring his will into manifestation. And we're not just speaking any kind of words. We're not just speaking man's words. We are speaking the word of the living God. And the word and knowing the word of God is still right. I don't care what anybody say. Knowing the word of God is still right. We must know the word. Yes, we must. Because this is the law of heaven. This is the law of God, and we must legislate his laws in this earth realm with our words, with our words. You shall decree a thing and it shall be established. God says, I'm restoring the spirit of the ox. I'm restoring the anointing of the ox that you may be able to plow the fields, that you may be able to reap the harvest and that you may be able to um, that you may be able to. be uh, moved by the Holy Ghost, that you may be able to be moved by the Holy Ghost, led by the Holy Ghost, led by the Holy Ghost. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Remember that. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. If they're not being led by the Spirit of God, they're not the sons of God. If they're not plowing, if they're not plowing, you know, if they're not treading the corn, 
then there should be no reward. Why are we rewarding somebody that's not treading? Why are we rewarding somebody that's not plowing? That's not even laboring. You know, they bring us a Christian Dior word, something that's just going to tickle our ears, tickle our fancy because we're all Christians. No, he's talking about believers. He's talking about the sons of God here. He's talking about the saints of the most high. He's talking about kingdom ambassadors, kingdom ambassadors, kingdom ambassadors. Be ye reconciled unto God tonight in Jesus name. That's what he's talking about. This is a kingdom thing. This is not a religious thing. Amen. So I just wanted to leave this with you tonight. God bless you all. And uh, yeah, I pray that uh, you are able to uh, grasp this. Um, Please go back and review uh, the message again. Share the message. um, And uh, don't forget to comment or don't forget to uh, subscribe Uh, to the YouTube channel if you're watching this by YouTube. And also for all of those who have been downloading my messages, thank you so much um, on the podcast. I I looked on there the other day, I was I was on there um, doing something. And I noticed, wow, you know, over, um, it said like in one week, um, I had like over uh, 2000 downloads or something like that over. No, it was in, in one month. What was it in one month over two? I don't know. I, I'm not really big on numbers, but you know, it was a lot. I'll just say that <laughs> it was a lot. And I think I saw something like over the past, um, uh, 48 hours, or I think that is what it said. Uh, it was almost 400 downloads of my podcast that, you know, that God, told me to release and God, God told me, you know, um, to do it. And I'm, I'm so grateful to be able to see the fruit of that. And, and, and that people are, people are being blessed, um, by these messages and receiving from these messages. And if you have a testimony, uh, feel, feel free to share it. You know, there was a man of God who shared his testimony. He said, uh, he stumbled upon my podcast and it put him back on the road road to salvation. And that just did wonders for my heart because that's why I'm doing this. You know, that is why I'm doing this. And um, I just, you know, I want to make a difference. I want to make a difference and uh, not in my own strength either. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So, but yeah, but that's all I have. God bless you all. Let me pray over you before we go. Father, we just want to thank you. I thank you for uh, the word that you released tonight, Father God. I pray that your word fell upon good ground. I pray, Father God, that your people, Father, were able to hear what your spirit is saying unto them individually and collectively. We thank you for releasing the spirit of the ox, excuse me, the anointing of the ox that breaks and destroys every yoke of bondage. Father God, I pray, Lord God, that from this time forward, our praying, our preaching, our teaching of of your word, Father God, will become more fervent, will become, Father God, uh, will become, Father God, uh, unctioned by you, unctioned by the Holy Ghost, will be led by you and governed and guided by you in Jesus' mighty name, Heavenly Father. Oh, Father God, let a fresh anointing rest upon each and every one of your messengers, upon each and every one of your ministers in Jesus' name. Let your ministers become a flame of fire in Jesus' mighty name, Father. You said the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Father, release the fervent and the effectualness 
Oh, oh, Father God, back into our prayer lives in Jesus' mighty name, Father. Let us catch on fire in prayer. Let us catch on fire when we preach. Let us catch on fire when we teach. Let us catch on fire again, Father. You said you'd rather we be hot or cold, and but never lukewarm, Father God, that you don't have to spew us out of your mouth. I bind every lukewarm spirit now in Jesus' mighty name. I behead you and cut off your, your head in the name of Jesus. I cut off every spirit of, of lukewarm mediocrity in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and I cast it into the abyss and I banish it from the house of God, from the body of Christ, from every brother and every sister, from every leader in the house of God, in the church of the living God, in Jesus' mighty name, Heavenly Father. Father God, we rebuke every spirit, oh Father God, that will cause us to be mediocre, that will cause us to continue in things with things as they were when you have done a new thing. Give us the grace, give us the strength, Father, to step forward into the new thing that you have already done. Father God, you have released your creative power. Father, let make our tongue the pen of a ready writer. Oh, Father, give us the tongue of the learned that we may be able, that we may be able to speak a word in season to refresh them that are weary. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Father, I thank you and I bless you tonight, Heavenly Father, for the light of your word the light of your truth, the spirit of wisdom and understanding and knowledge, oh God, in Jesus' mighty name, that you are opening up to your people, Heavenly Father. Let us pursue, oh Father God, wisdom and knowledge in this hour. Uh, let us pursue and, and see, <coughs> seek to know the knowledge of your will in Jesus' mighty name. Fill us with the knowledge of your will in Jesus' name, I pray. We thank you for the harvest of souls that is coming forth. We thank you, Father, for the blessings, the miracles, the open doors, oh God, that are coming forth. We thank you, Father God, for the souls that are coming out of darkness into your marvelous light that they may show forth your praise in the land of the living. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father God, for the spirit of light, the spirit of truth, Heavenly Father, that lights all men that come into the world. We give you glory, honor, and praise, and we call these things done and finished in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. I love you guys, and I will see you tomorrow um, for another episode of How to Slay in Prayer. I know last week I came back for another episode of How to Slay in Prayer, but I ended up deleting that message because it was not, um, it was not, uh, there was, I started uh, going into something there that was very controversial and I wanted to, uh, I wanted God to actually give me more, um, more, uh, revelation on, excuse me. Um, and I needed to, you know, to search that out even more. Um, and so, you know, yeah, I've been praying about that and he has done that. And so I'll be bringing that message again. Amen. But, um, yeah, I, I, if, if it's not right, I'm not gonna, you know, leave it, leave it that way for you guys, because I don't want anyone to be confused. Amen. I don't want to be anyone to be confused. And I'm definitely not one uh, to be up here preaching any kind of false doctrine or something like that. If the spirit of God has not uh, confirmed it, you know what I'm saying? Then, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it. And so, yeah, I, I needed a little more confirmation on that. I moved a little bit too fast. And so I was like, let me just, you know, I'll just pull it back and I'll wait on God. And, and that's exactly what he wanted me to do because he did give me more on that. But anyway, I love you and I'll see you guys tomorrow night. Take care. Have a blessed evening. And uh, yeah. 
thank you for uh, thank you for listening today. <laughs> God bless you. Bye bye.